0: Welcome back to another week of Pardon the Disruption. I am your host, Weasel, and it's time for a little education and altercations. I'm here with some of my favorite guys, like I am week after week, 11.30 a.m.-ish, so shout out to everybody who is slightly early in the chat. Go ahead, and we'll take a minute to uh, allow everyone to introduce themselves, because we are waiting for one of the participants to actually pop back in. We had some technical difficulties, so we'll go virtual left to right. Starting with Steve Trang. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, hello. And uh, we are not waiting for him. So, is this going to be like a poker tournament, right? We're just going to blind them off. That's just the way it is. So, um, but yeah, Steve Trang, real estate disruptors, uh, nationally recognized sales trainer. And uh, we are starting to teach dispo sales training thanks to the push of Mr. Leon G. Barnes.
0: Hey, there it is. To his virtual right, we have Leon G. Barnes. How you doing today, sir? i love the setup
2: what up weasel um leon g barnes uh i put the g in cg i am the director of membership <laughs> for the collective genius yeah you like that jimmy yeah i, <laughs> I do like I, that I likes that a lot i am uh remote today i figured if you can't beat them you might as well join them so mm-hmm. i am in richmond virginia live today and since cj always wins for virginia decided that uh virginia is for lovers and winners apparently
0: (laughs) there it is there it is maybe you had a little something to do with the internet connection which you know what i commend you for (laughs) i might have (laughs) sabotaged to his virtual right we have a new face on the program but someone i'm pretty excited to introduce to everyone jimmy vreeland jimmy how you doing today man hey weasel what's going on man I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to see how you engage with the panel today because the pregame lobby it was going up a little bit, <laughs> so, so I'm excited now that it's lights yeah, cameras let's action. Let's
3: see how I do. Maybe I'll get in the zone. There we go. There we go. Well, make Not sure you tell uh, able we'll to introduce do, myself and all that. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jimmy Vreeland. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. We turnkey. We wholesale. Uh, we fix and flip. Uh, if you like St. Louis, we're like a one-stop show.
1: Yeah, Jimmy's a rock star, and uh, we—if uh, you guys don't know Jimmy, right—we recorded an awesome episode uh, not that long ago with him in, the, in our studio. So, definitely check him out after this episode.
0: There it is.
2: Definitely a little tougher than most everyone else on um, on this panel. The guy just uh, was rolling, doing some MMA stuff right before this. So, um, he—I I, will—I would bet on him if we were fighting for sure.
1: <laughs> I take him. I take Jimmy.
3: It's a good Thursday, Leon. You get a roll in, get a text to come on Real Estate Disruptors. It's a good Thursday.
0: (laughs) There it is. It's favorite day of the week. Favorite day of the week. As always, you know why it's the favorite day of the week? Because we're going to ask you guys a series of five questions. We'll give you 45 seconds to answer each in your own opinion. And then we'll open up the floor for a little bit of disruption. Shout out to everyone that is in the chat right now. We see DeAndra. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon to you as well. The Giving Flowers podcast. <clears throat> I thought that was Led Zeppelin. So we're starting the, the razzing early. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we will have CJ joining us in a few minutes, too, while he gets his setup going. But, you know, we know how the point system works here. So we're going to go ahead and just start right now and give you guys some early points. So question number one, if you guys are ready, let's start. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. How would real Do estate it. be affected if the United States entered a global conflict Steve Trang, let's start with you. You're 45 seconds.
1: Well, I think it's interesting to see what's going on in the world today, right now. Even though we're not actually entering a global conflict, we're just kind of do it, you know, by proxy. Uh, I think if we were to enter a global conflict, would there be more uncertainty? And, and uncertainty is just a stagnant market. Uh, so I don't think prices are going to go up or down. I think there'd just be fewer people moving. Uh, so I don't think it's going to affect pricing. I think it's just going to affect volume, which I don't know how much lower volume can go, but you know, I think we're about half as where we were last year, uh, but yeah, I think if we enter a global conflict, maybe we even go a little bit lower in activity. But I don't believe it will affect it will affect the the housing market as far as values. Okay,
0: all right, and you were under the forty five seconds. Good job, uh, Leon. Let's go over to you. How would real estate be affected if the United States entered a global conflict?
2: I like how you gave him, you gave the boss man a good job on that. Just a little patch. (laughs) We all need love.
1: Just because I'm a psychopath doesn't mean I don't have feelings.
2: Every once in a while, Steve actually accepts it. Not most times. But uh, global unrest, my answer is is simple. Global unrest makes everyone nervous scared and hesitant and when you have a nervous scared and hesitant um, market or markets Mm -hmm. people stop investing people stop using that extra money on other things Um, so it's just it's like to steve's point he did say that you know it 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 may not affect prices because we're we're about as bottom in some markets like phoenix where you guys are uh, not necessarily bottom but as low as they've been in a very long time the other part of this is supply chain. As a flipper, Jimmy will be able to speak to this as well. Supply chain issues is the biggest worry I would have as someone that buys, fixes, and holds assets.
0: All right, perfect timing. Everyone's sharp this am. I like it. Jimmy, how you let's doing, go. Jimmy, <laughs> let's go over to Jimmy and let's see. Uh, what do you think about how real estate would be affected if the United States entered a global conflict?
3: Uh, I completely disagree with uh, Stephen Leon. Um, As long as it's not a global conflict where we're like throwing nukes at each other, uh, you know, soldiers and bombs and everybody costs money. So what the government will need to do is print money. So if we ended a global conflict, as long as it was limited, such as our conflicts in Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, the government would be forced to lower interest rates again. It would be game on again in the real estate industry, even though it's still kind of game on, but interest rates would have to lower. People would flood the hard assets. So they go to gold, silver, and bullets. And then the next closest hedge to those hard assets that actually cash flow are is real estate. So, uh, and then little history lesson how much time do I got left? Two seconds. Keep going. All right. The little history lesson real estate blew up after Vietnam. After we won Midway, the stock market and real estate blew up in World War II. The reason 2008 happened was because 2001 happened because we had to go into global war on terror, had to lower interest rates to pay for the wars. So, I would like to somewhat respectfully disagree with both Steve and Leon, but if we went into a global conflict, if we weren't throwing nukes at each other, uh, it would be just like COVID, where it would be off to the races because of low interest rates again.
1: That was very nice of you, Jimmy, but we don't need to respectfully disagree in here.
3: (laughs) Never never waste a good emergency, Steve.
2: Jimmy, you are a former Army Ranger, so I respect your respect. Uh, You can disrespect Steve on this show, though. Mm
3: Okay, <laughs> but like there's an intricate link between warfare and investing. It's a very interesting history that I had a, a bunch of time to study. So sorry for geeking out on you.
1: Oh, that's totally fine. I mean, we got, we got an expert on this. That's pretty cool. So that's good.
3: Yeah, yeah, but like the government always, like they made up an emergency with COVID. And like we all, we all turtled up for like two weeks and then we all blew up. Same yeah. thing would happen as long as we're not throwing nukes at each other.
1: Yeah cuz you look in the history right like yeah. th- growing up we we learn you know back when they used to teach history um that every world war uh the economy boomed right but i thought it was because they had to print uh equ- uh, uh tanks and make <clears throat> bullets and guns and whatever but you're saying like because they need to make so many assets they need well, to print more money they need to lower interest rates
3: Yeah like how do they how do they pay for this like i i'll never forget like i in Iraq, we shot every day it was awesome, but like, it was target practice every day and I never it never occurred to me like, hey, what's paying to feed me and what's paying for these bullets and it was government
0: borrowing well there you have it I do want to take a quick second to welcome back c j looks like we got over some of the technical difficulties oh hey did.
3: thanks for joining us c j
4: <laughs> yeah Jimmy welcome to the show Hey listen you know guys, I'll say this real fast um it's good to see everybody, but, you know, it's like uh, when I was growing up, right? Leon, make sure you check in next time. But when I was growing up, all right?
2: I'm sorry, up. the ring. My bad, I didn't kiss the ring. No question,
4: no question. When I was growing up, right, how it would work is we go out to the track at recess and the fastest kid in the class, myself, right, we would say, you know what? I'm going to give Leon, Jimmy, and Steve, I'm going I'm to give them a free lap. Guys, you get a free lap. I'll let you guys take off first. I'll be behind you. I don't want you to quit. All right, I don't
1: want you to quit. So it's good to be back. Talking a lot back. of games. We'll still waiting back. for you to come out to play some basketball. You're I'm working allowed, on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You
2: allowed me to land in Richmond, which I really appreciate.
0: And you give us a head start, man. I'm winning already.
4: Nobody can say I'm not a gentleman, man.
0: <laughs> Uh, really quickly now, uh, unfortunately we can't put you into the voting for this one, CJ, but just to get your insight, question number one was how would real real estate be affected if the United States entered a global conflict? Just your thoughts really quickly.
1: Yeah.
4: I mean, look, right. Like a a global conflict, is it going to affect the economy? Does it affect real estate? I think 110%, but I think the overarching point at the end of the day is there's a housing shortage. So regardless of where that's gonna be at, there's still gonna be supply and demand, there's still gonna be a need to buy and sell. To me, it's just all about figuring out your spot in the marketplace, being pivotal in what market you're working in, what exit strategies you're utilizing in the business. So yeah, does it have an impact? Sure, but does it have a detrimental impact in that capacity? I don't think so.
0: Okay, all right, thank you for the insight. Uh, To let you know as well, there were some chats, some comments in the chat that said they were gonna vote for CJ anyway. So shout out to you. They are present.
4: But Shout out to the squad. Shout out to the squad. There
0: it is. But it looks like our newcomer to the program has actually defeated the rest of the panel in a landslide. Jimmy took 58% of the first round votes. Mm. How does that feel, Jimmy? Welcome on to the part of the disruption. That feels great. It feels great, Weasel. There we go. There we go all right question number two is up so Jimmy we will start with you on this question uh what do you think about reading a book a week is it something that's sustainable or is it a waste if you're not applying it your thoughts and your 45 seconds you know, starts now.
3: now a book a week like you just do that so you can make some like BS Instagram posts and like I'm really smart <laughs> um what's What's work Like if you're really reading a good book, like it should take you like 90 days because you want to chew on it. You want to figure it out. You don't just don't want to blitz through it. So I try to go with five pages a day or I read till like I have a mind bending idea because like the best books I've read, it takes like it takes 90 days to get through like anti-fragile, black swan, those type books. Like you got to chew on that if you're going to actually if it's going to actually change your behavior. OK, all
0: right. Jeez, he's Yeah, that's really an
3: annoying. It's an annoying topic to me because, like, when I see it on Instagram, I'm like, it really annoys me. Like, I read this many <laughs> bits this year. I'm so smart.
1: <laughs> so, hey, hey, Jimmy.
3: Why you did you know find you this guy, Leon? You. <laughs> yes.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> you know you're new, but when that buzzer uh, goes off, that means you're supposed to stop. Just <laughs> look, giving you a heads
3: up. Look, Leon, I wake up to create value. If I'm still creating value at second 46, I'm
0: going to keep going. <laughs> listen and i'm not gonna stop him before thanks bro Uh, let's go over to uh leon g barnes what do you think about reading a book a week i know
2: one person out of all the people that i've ever met in my life i know one person that reads a book a week and that actually is smart enough to absorb it and uh, utilize it in his coaching he's a maps coach for kw i think one of the smartest guys i've ever met in my life but i can tell you that i've met no other people that can read a book a week and truly apply it at a high level and to jimmy's point i think this is what people that don't read books tell you that they're doing just because you skimmed a book and you read the first 50 pages doesn't mean that you're reading a book a week. And and, and, and I, that's that's honestly what I think when I hear someone saying that. It's a waste they of time. They also have
3: a library in their house of all the books they haven't read. But if people come into their house, they think they're smart. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jimmy, we're, we're going to give you one time to interrupt. One time.
3: <laughs> Man, if you could. In your 45 seconds, if you could say something more compelling, that so I wouldn't
0: have to overshadow. <laughs>
2: well, who, who is this guy? I like this guy. I like this
3: guy. I like this guy. <laughs> pandemonium. i I love it.
0: <laughs> Jimmy, where you been, man? Where you been? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go over to Steve Trank. Steve, your thoughts on reading a book a week?
1: Oh, I like how Leon basically is called reading a book a week like the... Uh, the, you know, standing in front of a green Lambo right? It's just a different way of standing in front of a green Lambo right? It's just a complete fake. Um, so I, I personally think reading a book a week is not a good use of your time. You know, I, I think it's not fruitful in helping your business. Um, I think that you're better off reading the same book over and over again until you've mastered it. Um, it's not a discipline that I maintain very well, just to be completely honest with you. But, you know, I read a hundred books at some point in my career. And then I, read, I went back to thinking and we Grow rich again. I would have gotten more value reading Think and Grow Rich five or ten times versus reading a hundred different books, right? So I think what's really critical is not just reading the book, absorbing the book, and applying the book. And that is the the part where a lot of people miss it, right? Reading uh, reading just to read is just a a different form of entertainment. You got to apply it. You got to absorb it and apply Mm it.
0: Okay. And CJ, let's uh, go over to you to bring it home.
4: Yeah. Who made this question? Ty Lopez or something, man? Like, look, nobody's (laughs) reading uh, a book a week. Nobody's reading all these books. I I believe in targeted reading, right? Like if I'm trying to gain information, understanding on something, if I'm trying to learn how or why about something, I want to read a book specific to that. But reading a book a week, I mean, how do you have time to make any money? How do you have time to run your business? How do you have time to crack shit with Jimmy? (laughs) <laughs> and make uh, two comma club awards. I'm waiting for mine to get in here, Jimmy. Like, I mean, look, at the end of the day, nobody's reading a book a week unless they're selling you something and telling you this is what happens if you read a book a week. Uh, you get a Lambo and a two comma club award and uh, whatever weird, weird belt Kava's got on the wall in this office. How about that?
0: <laughs> All right, the floor is open.
1: Well, I brought this up because, uh, you know, you see this, you know, on Instagram, you see this on Facebook, you see people promoting, right? And reading a book a week. So I brought it up because I wanted to get some perspective from everyone else. Cause maybe someone was going to make a really good argument for it. I was hoping.
2: Again, I've not seen anyone do it other than one person do it at a high level where they're actually smart enough to absorb and apply uh, and this is also someone that doesn't watch television, doesn't spend a lot of time on Insta, Facebooks, and all these other social media sites that I have. I'm too old to to, to understand. Um, but they they are very disciplined on learning uh, and applying uh, for their coaching business, and they they don't have any other forms of income, frankly.
1: And I think there's yeah. Something, yeah, I, I from, uh, something I learned from I learned from Hardy was like there's. There's just-in-case learning and there's just-in-time learning, right? So Chris kind of said, like, targeted learning, right? That's just-in-time learning. Just-in-case learning does nothing for you. Absolutely nothing.
4: Yeah, like, I'm, I'm trying to read about things I need, you know, things I need to implement, things I need to learn, things I need to understand. Just reading to read, uh, I mean, it seems kind of strange. I mean, I, I don't know how you make money when you do stuff like that. I mean, I want to know how to do things specifically. I want to understand why are things working the way they are. Why is the question if we're talking about the global economy, how does the global economy work? Does that matter to me? How does tax preparation work? But just I don't know, man, picking up books to read. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jimmy's going to the library and uh, and, <laughs> and, and checking out books. But I mean, man, I'm not doing all of that. I'm going to get a book specifically for what I want to read about. I don't believe in audio books personally, but that's a different conversation. Read targetedly or target re-reading, however you want to say it. That's how you learn. That's how you implement
3: yeah, if somebody's talking about how much they're reading. They're definitely a fart sniffer. They're definitely somebody <laughs> who wants to appear. they definitely somebody who wants to appear smart, but like is not getting anything done. Yeah, <laughs> that's not saying people who don't get a lot of stuff done don't read a lot. It's just saying they're not going to talk about it.
2: Yes. I'll, I'll, get, I'll make one argument uh, for reading outside of Target, CJ. Uh, I've talked about this in our community before. Um, I spend very uh, some very special time with my boys reading books. Um, so I read a lot of kids books with them um, to have those moments with them. Cause a lot of times when the kids come home and you ask them what they learned at school, they tell you nothing. I don't know, <laughs> I don't remember. A great way to build bonds with kids is reading. So outside, uh, I'll make an argument for entertainment of bonding with your kids is a great way. Uh, reading is a great way to do that. So. I'm with you, CJ, on the target side, but there's also that opportunity.
1: 100%. I would argue sure. that's targeted, right? Because you're reading with intent. But also, if you want to read kids' books, Leon, you don't have to justify it.
2: <laughs> look. 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 You call me out. Look. The kids' book right there. Percy Jackson. Book full. <laughs> yeah. You know that? Keep it with me at all times. Great way to interact and learn some greek mythology at the same time.
4: Yeah, I never like I never did my book reports, man. I just finished them the day of class before school started in the cafeteria just winging it. I always got an A man so it worked out, I am it worked
0: not out. Surprised. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised Leon when you, when you pulled the book up I was actually impressed how many pages that book had because when you said child's book I was thinking we were about to see you know redfish bluefish yeah, He's <laughs> talking about a
4: kid in college over there man
0: <laughs> Hey, wait a hey as, as my boy Eric Brewer
2: says there's levels to this hey. <laughs> levels to kids books as well this is 10 year old reading right here my friend
1: I think uh, just to add to what Jim was talking about, right? If they're telling you this is they're telling you for a reason, it's kind of like uh, uh, the, the guy tell you, he tells you he does CrossFit, right? Like it's just it's just a, a, another way to brag. I Let everyone know you do CrossFit. You got to let everyone know you do vegan, right? Yeah, kinda it's like, like why do you
4: why are you doing CrossFit? You don't look like you work out. You're vegan, <laughs> yeah, but you don't look like you're in shape. What's going on? You, you're reading books, like, but you don't know anything. Like
2: what's happening? Kind of like when you see guys like Steve Train showing you videos of him working out with his trainer playing basketball in the morning to get better. <laughs> <Kinda> like <you're laughs> get it's like
4: you don't have
0: a jumper. What's <laughs> going on? <up? laughs> Walked right into that one, Steve. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get a little
1: extra a little extra love next time. <laughs> All
0: right, the voting has closed for question number two and it looks like steve and his non jump shot having self has won (laughs) congrats boss man how do you feel about getting your first early early victory
1: feeling good feeling good i feel i feel great beating uh beating cj straight up so it it feels good
0: All right. Question number three. Steve, we're going to start with you. With uh, you, Are we in a balanced real estate market? Please explain why or why not. 45 seconds is starting.
1: Man, it's really tough to say because I really do think this is market specific. Uh, so in the Phoenix market, Phoenix Metro, we are in a balanced market. You know, uh, the supply and demand are exactly the same. They're both low. So that's what's kind of odd. You know, they're both well below uh, what's normal. But supply and demand are even in Phoenix Metro. But man, once you get outside Loop 101, it's a disaster, right? If you uh, the whole idea of drive till you qualify or drive until you can buy, uh, that did not exist for the last three years. Right now, it's back, right? I mean, uh, we're seeing the outskirts just getting absolutely crushed and demolished. And I actually had someone send me a deal like, "Hey, Steve, you think the market's doing it right? You should buy this house." I was like, "Okay, tell me about it." So I get some buckeye. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I already know. I've seen this movie before. The last time we had a recession the outskirts just got demolished. And I think every market is going to be experiencing that.
0: Okay. Let's go over to CJ. Are we in a balanced market or not? No, I I, I don't think we're in a balanced market at
4: all. Uh, Look, so I I wrote a couple of stats down real fast, like current national average days on market, 19 days, 70% sold in less than 30 days. There's three months of inventory. Uh, You want six to 12 months of inventory. So in effect, we still currently need housing. I think there's certain pockets like Steve is saying, right? That are being more adversely affected than others, but there's still a need for housing in a lot of locations. There's still people seeking out housing. I had a conversation with my students yesterday about, you know, congregating around places with military bases. I'm here in Virginia, think about 757, for example, (coughs) multiple military bases, people are getting orders every single day to come in, to come out. So you just got to think outside the box a little bit more to get to the places that you want to go. But no, I don't think the market's balanced.
0: Okay,
3: Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts. Uh, in the Midwest, not yet. Um, it, I, you know, I think we're still in a little bit of a gap between what the asset's really worth and what the seller still thinks it's worth. Uh, and then, you know, we're, I agree with CJ. We're still seeing an inventory shortage, so it's not as bad as like last year when you go on an appointment and the seller thought they were selling the Taj Mahal. They're starting to get a little more realistic, but uh, I don't see most sellers getting really realistic till say December this year. So what I'm seeing in the Midwest is, no, we are not in a balanced market.
0: Okay. All right. And Leon
2: G. Barnes, bring us home. So I'm always looking at a perspective of nationwide, and uh, everyone touched on this on local markets. Um, From a nationwide perspective, the definition of balance is the distribution of weight so that things remain upright and steady. There's nothing steady or upright about a nationwide perspective of the real estate right now. You know, the conversations that I'm having on our weekly calls within our community, every single person is different. You know, you'll have someone in Kansas City, days on markets have gone to 90 days, but ARVs have remained pretty solid. Right. But they're they're just taking longer to sell where Phoenix, where you guys are, you know, there's percent change, and it's still not necessarily hit bottom in some of the markets like Phoenix, Boise, and others. So, no, it's not balanced.
0: Okay, voting is now open, and so is the floor.
1: Chris is saying, "Shout out to the vegans, get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> He's posting it in the chat. Yeah. yeah, shout out to the vegans, man. Beyond meat, impossible meat, man. This guy Did is you, just. Are this you guy- been- He's, he's, no, he's not. He's running for office right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Saying whatever the people need to hear. (laughs) Hey, Leon, when you say it's not balanced.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Leon, you're saying it's not balanced, but are you saying it's buyer market, seller's market? What is that? What do you mean when you say it's not balanced? Or when you say, yeah, it's not a balanced market? Well,
2: there's, Look, I mean, there's all different types of, of, of things that I'm looking at from a nationwide perspective. From a, from a seller's perspective, obviously, it has changed dramatically. And from a buyer's standpoint, obviously, they've gone from 3% interest rate to 7%. So you do as, it's, it's it's more of a buyer's market than as a seller's, but there's no balance across the board on anything that I've seen.
1: Yeah.
4: I think something to consider too, right, is like if you've got National home builder production essentially coming to a halt, right? Uh, They account for a large portion of the inventory that touches any site, but any, any metro market, they account for a large portion of inventory. You know, those people still are going to be seeking housing somewhere, right? Like here in Richmond, tons and tons of builders here locally have essentially called a a pause. They're calling it the great pause. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's still opportunities. I just listed a house yesterday. I haven't talked to my agent, so I don't know if we sold it or not, if he's watching. Send me a text, man. Send me a text. But, you know, hopefully we get it sold pretty fast. But when I listed last week, man, it flew off the shelf. So I think there's still opportunities there, but I think it's about having balance inside of the market. I think it's being aware of what price points make sense. And I think everybody needs to start looking at their business a little bit more macro, right? Like it's not just, hey, any deal that comes across my desk, if it's got equity potential in it, I want to pick it up. I want to flip it, et cetera. It's more for me right now. What are what are the price point pockets within the sub market, right? So what, what sub markets within the market are actually moving and transacting right now here in Richmond under a price point of two hundred fifty thousand? It looks really good right now. Stuff's flying off the shelf. If you go up to three hundred fifty thousand right now in Richmond, it doesn't look so good. So you got to really that,
2: go that, ahead. That, I'm sorry, CJ, but no, I want to mid luxury right that yeah. That, Right now, across the U.S., and it varies. And Phoenix is different than or the mid above 300 uh, in his marketplace, where it's that 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 buyer that 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 extra three four percent really affects. But anything that's median or below, yeah, I'm selling those all all day or or holding still holding those assets. So from that standpoint, yeah, you can still move properties and you can still do the business, but it's just tightened.
3: And like when the first time home buyer decides to buy, they're gonna buy. Now they're buying, they don't really care about the interest rate. Like they're millennials, so I'm not really sure if they're smart enough to understand (laughs) how it affects, but they're going to they're gonna buy a uh, (laughs) they're gonna buy a smaller house now. They're still gonna buy. They're like, Oh, I gotta have my little, I got my chihuahua and I gotta have my fence yard for my chihuahua. And like, (laughs) and I'm living the millennial dream. I don't care what the interest rate is.
2: Yeah. Jimmy's a good person to talk about this. The guy does a couple hundred turnkey assets and he's still selling, you know, properties every single day, you know, so I don't want people to, 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 you know, that there's a buyer's opportunity here, but I don't want people listening and going, man, I I should be afraid to, to flip, or I should be afraid to try to sell properties. You still sell them.
3: Well, from the investor perspective, I still think the rents are unbalanced. Like, Best thing for investors right now is the next two years, prices level, drop 5% and then rent. There's, I don't see any force that allows rents to come down. So I we are still seeing rents come up, which is very interesting.
1: Well, I mean- Especially the, to CJ,
2: builders are pausing.
1: Well, with interest rates going yeah. up, right? The cost of purchase is going up. So what's your alternative, right? You gotta live somewhere. So if you're not buying, you're renting. If you're renting, the 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 anchor, Right, what you're comparing to is what's going to cost to buy this property. Here's what you're going to have to pay to rent this property. And Leon, you gotta you gotta fix your internet. I think uh, looks like Frank and, and and Chris are sharing internet or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe just the way that.
4: City, man. Shout out to Richmond City.
0: <laughs> the voting is uh, currently open. It looks like just half of the uh, amount of viewers in here are voting. So please make sure you vote. Right now, for who you thought won that? Uh, They're that voting
1: question. for the politician. This is ridiculous. They're voting. Yeah, shout right. out to the vegans, man. Shout out to the <laughs> yeah. vegans.
3: Are you a vegan? <laughs> nah, are <laughs> right, on, you Chris?
4: Not part time. Part time. Part time. Part time. Only on know. only on Wednesdays, Jimmy. Only on Wednesdays. Only on Wednesdays.
3: I can't stand the people are vegan part time. You either do and go hard. <laughs> like, that's a bad idea. But at least I can respect your dedication.
4: <laughs> that's fair. I'm, look, Jimmy, I've been reading books. I've been reading books. <laughs> <laughs> Your (laughs)
3: proteins to get into your you got to get that protein into your brain, man.
0: (laughs) The voting has closed. It looks like CJ is finally on the board. He took sixty six percent. It may or may not have been the vegan remarks, but it doesn't matter. The point is there. CJ, you're on the board. And how do you feel?
4: Man, I feel good, man. It's gonna be back, man. And 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 Weasel, remember what I said. Sometimes you just got to give a (coughs) lap to take two, man. That is.
0: There it is. Well, this will be a very, very interesting uh, fourth question because we got a three-way tie, one point apiece for Steve, Jimmy, and CJ, and Leon still yet to get on the board. But I got faith in you, Leon. I may or may not slide you a few extra seconds on this next question. With that being said, uh, we'll start with CJ, last round's winner, with the with the uh, interest rates affecting residential real estate. Do you think they're also affecting commercial real estate? Your forty-five seconds. Yeah, so. a thousand.
4: Yeah, thousand, thousand percent. You know, I think what we're seeing right now is this dynamic shift of like I have conversations with with people who do multifamily, and they they talk like because you plan so far in advance for a multifamily project. So the people that are currently in a spot where they're going to potentially need to refinance, people that are in a position where they've been planning a development project for one, two, three years that now they were anticipating being able to start at this time. Uh, that has real cause and effect, right? Like if you look at how a commercial loan functions, especially a construction loan that's transitioning into PERM, if I'm in multifamily right now, I'm definitely going to have some pause for concern because the the percentage of interest on $10 million or $5 million or $1 million is drastically greater than it is on $100,000. So I think people that focus specifically on multifamily, especially new projects, they've got a lot of thinking to do in this moment,
0: 110%. Okay. Steve Trang, your thoughts?
1: All right, so historically, what we've always seen is that the commercial market follows the the residential market. So if residential does well, commercial does well. Residential goes down, commercial goes down. Now, uh, for me, the biggest concern is interest rates, right? Every time the Fed bumps the rate, this is directly affecting the, the, the amount of money or the terms that someone can borrow at. And unfortunately, what you can borrow at and the cap rate, which is how you value a property, are very much correlated as far as I understand. So if interest rates are going up, the cap rate, the return on investment has to go up. And if the return on investment has to go up, the only way to fix that is to lower the value of the property. So if you buy a property at 4% or you buy a property at 8%, it's literally a 50% difference in value. So I don't see how it how the commercial market does not get dramatically affected by everything going on with the Fed.
0: Okay. Uh, Leon, your thoughts. No Leon. audio. Oh, no audio, Leon. Don't worry. I won't start the clock. We'll give him a couple seconds.
1: He's on mute. You got to log out, log back in. Go to Jimmy.
0: Let's go over to Jimmy. Yeah, let's go over to Jimmy. Jimmy, your thoughts? Yeah, on, Steve. Uh, I mean, I, I, I wanted it's your podcast. I wanted
3: to do my best to you know, I you know be a professional and be here and make sure my internet works and my audio <laughs> works. But you know, that's just me. Nice. <laughs>
4: no, nah, I like this guy. Man. I like this guy.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, cap rates for multifamily sucked before the interest rates went up. So I'm assuming cap rates really sucked, which to me is another reason I'm bullish on single family. The Wall Street hat for 20 years has hot, tried to you know tried to make single family residential an institutional asset and like we cracked the code during COVID of doing this. And this is going to put more pressure to uh, get single family real estate to be a, uh, what do you call it? A more sophisticated asset. So, an asset class. Cap rates are, yeah, cap rates already sucked with low interest rates. Now they really suck. That's good for us, the single family people. Like they're trying to figure out how to make this an institutional asset.
0: Perfect. On spot, 45 seconds. Jimmy's coming in here like he's a vet, like he's a vet internet work. And I'm just working. trying
3: to be a professional, weaver, <laughs> You know, I get
0: invited by a friend on the podcast.
3: I try to respect them.
0: <laughs> Leon, are we are we good on your end now? I mean,
3: it's 1130 on I... Thursday. People are taking off work and stuff. Like, hey, I'm and now we crazy. have to delay them for internet and communication issues. Like, what kind <laughs> What is that doing to our audience?
2: sabotaged on two different levels. Jimmy's a former government employee. I bring him on, he's shutting me down. I got CJ, Virginia. Something's wrong with the internet here in Virginia. Maybe that's down the down the way. I don't know. But you know, I'm just being sabotaged here. The good thing is on this particular question, I don't need all 45 seconds. There's no counterpoint to this. Obviously, it affects the commercial side, a lot of our multifamily apartment complex syndication guys, self storage guys within our collective genius family. They've all been affected by this, but I will say they're all smart. They're all savvy. And there's been a lot of retrading that has happened during this time frame. It's been, um, easy for them to negotiate down that price to Steve's uh, cap rate position. If the numbers don't pencil i've got to either retrade or this deal doesn't make sense and there's no reason to move forward so obviously it has affected commercial as much if not more than any other
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think you know to chris's point earlier like my biggest concern is if you bought a property and you plan on doing a, th- a refi right in three to five years and you started the project with the interest rates at four and now in three to five years interest rates are eight or nine or ten how are you going to do a refi? It's going to be a really interesting situation.
4: <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough you better
3: have your, You better have your ass out in the street raising private money. And yeah, you're, to-
4: you're in a tough spot. I think a lot of multifamily people aren't speaking on it at the moment, but I think a lot of people are. I want to point out something Jimmy said. He just dropped some game that I, maybe people did not catch. But with, with, with single-family houses become an asset class after the Great Recession, what Wall Street is seeing right now, institutional financing is seeing right now, is how great of an asset – single family housing actually tends to be. And that a compounding return on single family, in many ways, when you have the type of capital stack that an institutional fund does, can certainly supersede greatly what a multifamily project may be able to do. Does it take more management? Does it take more infrastructure? 110%, but what we're seeing in our relationships with hedge funds, is they're they're aggressively trying to figure that out. They're going and purchasing neighborhoods here in Richmond directly from builders and purchasing the entire neighborhood I think that's going to become some co- very common practice here in the near future. And so I think that we're in just a different dynamic than we were, you know, in 2008, 2010, where single family housing, I think, is going to be the institutional stabilized asset that a lot of people are going to be starting to look at.
2: CJ, I would add to that that I think you're absolutely correct with that, but it's, it goes back to both of them. We've talked about that before on this show. They're buying both. They right. understand that multifamily and single family um, is valuable. And they finally they're just trying to figure out um, buying it nationwide and, and being able to control that and manage it at a high level. That's the hard part, but they understand both. So they're buying both is the answer.
1: And maybe, you know, people are finally figuring out that stocks is a complete waste of time.
2: That's they really they are. They don't figure that out well, until we're ready to retire.
3: If you got all of Wall Street trying to get onto Main Street, like that should, so that I, should I tell my buyers this all the time. That should send you a signal. Like if they're trying to get into single-family residential, like, and you're still investing in the stock market, and you can get a thirty-year fixed loan, like you're a silly pants. Like, <laughs> pay attention, wake up.
4: Or, or investing, or investing in said fund when they could come to Jimmy, and I don't know Jimmy, but they could come to Jimmy and buy from him turnkey, and, and get yeah. a better return. Very much headache. At- Uh,
2: We talked about this before. Jimmy and I talked about this a lot. When you are currently holding assets, the more assets you can get your hands on are more assets that eventually institutions are going to want to buy. So if you are in five years, you're sitting there with 500 doors, you have the golden ticket. A lot of those properties that people were wholesaling the last three years, I, I was always cherry pick at least three of those a month and hold on to them because once you sell them to the institution, you're not getting those properties back anytime soon. And to CJ's point earlier, they're not making
3: any more right now at least. And I love them too, because I think they set the floor. So if everybody, if there's a massive sell-off, hedge funds will come in and buy everything up.
2: So one one last thing we've learned from this uh, particular question is that uh, uh, Jimmy watches a lot of Buddy the Elf because he gave us a silly point. (laughs) uh, We're just gonna name Jimmy Buddy the Elf. In in his defense,
1: I thought it was a Blues Clues. I thought it was a Blues Clues record. (laughs) In his defense, he asked for the what is he allowed to say and not allowed to say respectfully.
3: Prior to the yes. show. <laughs> you know, a, a good, hey, you're a silly goose plays better on a family <laughs> podcast than like an MF.
0: <laughs> We're going to need a part of the disruption after dark because I, I want to hear the, the uncensored version. Oh, uh, We that. would have, we have some fun with that. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, you listen, you're two for two. Fart sniffer, silly pants. Like, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all I think,
1: in. <laughs> I think Jimmy had a show. Was it Entrepreneurs After Hours? What was the name of that show?
0: Oh, uh, it was Entrepreneurs Drinks.
1: Entrepreneurs Drinks. Well, I, I would
3: just... Yeah, this is when I had like 60 rentals and I had quit my job. Like two weeks after I quit my job, I'm like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur now. Like, I'm awesome. So I would just get drunk and tell everybody what I knew. <laughs> it was a very, very dark time in my in my life.
0: I Guys, that's something. financial freedom. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah.
4: financial freedom right there.
0: The voting is still open right now. We actually have a two-way tie. So let's allow some, some more time to go through so we can clear up this tie right now between CJ and Steve. each is a big point. It's a big point for
4: everybody. VAs, man. (laughs) I want to give a special (laughs) shout out real fast. Hey, go vegan. I want
0: to shout out. Go vegan. (laughs) vegan. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, Really quickly, I do want to highlight some of the chats. We have a lot of uh, Jimmy's hilarious, Jimmy's wild, LOL Jimmy chat. Jimmy is very popular in the chat right now. We do have some. Why don't we
3: get any points for like being
0: funny? What?
1: It's Please, not in the like, scoring system. You gotta learn how to play by the rules.
0: Dinner? Listen on my personal scoreboard, you're up. You know, which is really important, essential <laughs> to the program right now.
3: I appreciate that, CJ. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, It looked yeah, we're still at a three way tie looks like CJ's pulling up ahead really quickly Uh, in the meantime while the voting closes I do want to encourage everyone to subscribe like the video as well as share it with a friend share it with a colleague share it with a family member Uh, Look out for the part of the disruption official YouTube channel where we upload all of the clips and highlights from the show uh, as well as uh, shorts so Look for that YouTube channel as well and we are still out of time. So got, shout out, Real
4: quick while we're waiting for that, that tie break, man, I just want to shout out uh, my guy EB. All right, shout out to Eric Brewer, Brewer Method. Because uh, if he was here and not Jimmy, uh, I'd be winning for sure. So shout out <laughs> to Eric Brewer. All right, shout, shout out to my guy EB. I right, hope he's doing well in his travels today. All right, shout out to him.
1: Yeah, these, uh, we got these uh, these two Combo Club guys they are just trouble. Man, we've gotten way more votes and. Than- <laughs>
0: There we go. Yeah, the voting is still going through. Jimmy, I do got one question for you, because there is a member of hey, the regular panel, right, who once told me that uh, if he had a table in the club, he would not share his bottles with me, nor would he allow me into his country club. <laughs> so just in vetting <laughs> you as a candidate, potential replacement, uh, you know, how do you feel about maybe Big wheeze in your section at the club?
3: There you go. Like, why wouldn't he let you in?
0: <laughs> and we're still trying to figure it out. Jimmy, <laughs> it,
4: it, it, it wasn't making enough bread, bro. He didn't have enough money coming in.
3: You know, I'm kind of, believe it or not, you would not find me at a club often. I don't, maybe like the last 10 years. So I, you know, I'd be concerned that I, I'd i be invited. You know, you know what I mean?
4: <laughs> Weasel, look, bro. Weezil, you can come hang out with me. Jimmy's just drinking, reading books, and, and talking about renting real estate. I don't know what Steve's doing.
3: He ain't even drinking. But, like, beers on my boat, like wake surfing, yeah. Any day any day of the week, for sure. Jimmy's hired. Jimmy's, <laughs> hired. Jimmy's <laughs> hired. Jimmy's not at the
2: club. Jimmy doesn't skip. Leg day, arm day, chest day, back day. He's
0: doing all those days. No clothes anymore for Jimmy. Yeah, we you know, like AM to keep to work my out.
3: tight for the misses.
0: <laughs> the voting looks like it just closed up, and CJ... Took it by 3%. Just a few oh, votes. Man. Big second point for uh, CJ. Uh, back yeah, on I've time.
3: listened to this. CJ has like an army of VAs like voting for him, right? Like <laughs> yes. That's a conspiracy.
1: Is that a conspiracy? I gotta <laughs> my,
3: ne- yeah, next time if you give me more than a half hour's notice, I'm going to have all my
0: VAs on. There you me. go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go on to question number five. Actually, really quickly before question number five, we do want to shout out this week's sponsor, Call Magicians. So thank you, Call Magicians, for presenting Part of the Disruption this week. We finally got a sponsor, y'all. We did it.
1: I had to cold call for hours. I just hired a cold caller <laughs> instead.
0: Uh, and, and just for clarity to <laughs> say, we, we didn't discuss like in potential incentive for the host, right? That wasn't the disc-
2: CEOs and the owners have to get back in.
1: What's that? No doubt about that.
2: CEOs and owners
0: of businesses have to get back in with their teams. Great job.
1: Thank you, thank you.
3: Golden rule of
0: leadership. Way to go, Steve.
1: Appreciate it.
0: All right, you guys ready for question number five? If you recruited a top tier talent and they're underperforming, i.e., Russell Wilson, how long before you come in top? Let's go with CJ first. Yeah, I think you fire
4: fast. I think you fire quickly. Hire slow, fire fast. It's the it's the old saying, right? Like at the end of the day, it looks to me like this it's easy to create top talent if you got proper systems training and and you have them people in the right environment, you know, is top talent special? Sure. But let's look at Jordan Poole's new contract with the Warriors, right? Like that's farm system talent that's been drafted, been brought in and groomed and brought up. I don't think that's difficult to do in your business. I think you can create top talent with training dedication. If you look at these fortune 500 companies, what do they do as soon as they bring you in, they bring you into highly intensive training and they have consistent, ongoing training at all times. And they create their own top talent within the organization. So I'd get them fired, men and build somebody else
1: up.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Steve Trang, you were second place last round. What do you think?
1: We have to emphasize that second place. Anyway, <laughs> we were talking about in the context of like, you know, if you traded for somebody, right. Or you had like a long-term contract, what do you do in that situation? Uh, Cause I think it's a tougher situation. If you had the trade away assets, you had to sign them to a long-term uh, commitment. You had a signing bonus, this and that. So in that scenario though, you still got to let them go, right? Like, it's a sunk cost, right? If you if you spend a bunch of money to recruit this talent, with through all this effort, wind and dine and whatever, and they bomb, you can't have them around. You know, they're either it's going to be a situation where they're not providing enough output, or you're letting your, the rest of the team know that you tolerate mediocrity or sub mediocre uh, performance, and that hurts the team even more. So you got to let them go.
0: Okay, uh, Jimmy, your thoughts. Uh...
3: I'd say two quarters. Um, If they are, if they're messing with team chemistry, if they're not core value fit, immediately fire, but I give them two quarters. I give them their first quarter to, hey, say, you know, hey, clearly you're not hitting your targets. You got 90 more days to square it away, but you know, your first 90 days in any organization, you're not uh, really hired. It's like a a testing ground. And so if they're clearly not hitting at 90 days, it's a strike one conversation saying, hey, here's what we brought you on to do. Clearly not doing this. What can we as a team help you to do that? And then I guess if it's at two, quarter two and they're still not hitting, time to start over.
0: Okay. And let's bring it on over to Leon G. Barnes. Your thoughts. If we're
2: answering this question from a corporate perspective, then you've got to have a verbal notice and a first written and a second notice before a final notice. It's a longer time period of time, but if we're talking to most real estate investors that watch this show that may have a team of one to 20 employees, (laughs) if you are recruiting high-level talent, which I encourage you to be doing during this downturn, now is a time where you can find some really good employees, you'll find them even more so in Q1 and Q2 as the bottom starts to drop out and people um, are laying more talented people off. But I am a firm believer, having managed for a very long time, that within a 90-day time frame, with these two things, training and proper onboarding, say that again, proper training and proper onboarding, that within 90 days, no matter who you bring in, how talented they are, you will know. If we're talking about from a real estate investing perspective as a business owner, you'll know within a 90-day frame.
3: Okay. Florida. And then, Leon, don't you think you need uh... – you need the next ninety days to be building your bench and hiring again, because I Dude. I hate it when I, I you have I, that void. I, uh, I agree
2: with you that Jimmy. You know mean, that yes, it would be nice to have that extra time, but I think if we're advising, we're talking to most owners that watch days fast. Usually, usually, westbrook contract that you're stuck with because that's a guaranteed contract we're talking about at with employee 90 days you should know whether they're the level of person and we said there's the key word uh, recruited talent not entry-level employee recruited talent you'll know within a 90-day time frame if that's six level six-figure level individual
1: get after him yeah and
3: i would take a deep I would be taking a deep dive into my business, being like, "Why can't this high performer perform in my systems and processes?" Like, I'd probably be a good learning exercise of what are you not doing right.
1: Um,
2: or they sold you on how great they were, and they weren't.
1: Yeah, the the best yeah. the people that interview the best turn out to be the worst employees. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, when he said two quarters, cut Russell will two quarters. Like this guy is <laughs> savage. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, mean, that, I think one thing to point out, too, for me personally, in my own journey and and what I see in, in a lot of other people as well. <clears throat> generally, it's just fear that causes you not to fire. Right. Fear of retaliation, fear of reputation, fear of loss of revenue, you know, fear of being, being unable to replace. And so you get stuck in this vortex of trying to work with somebody, trying to get somebody on the same page and yada, yada, yada. I think getting somebody out the door is just really critical because look, if I need somebody to learn sales, I'll send them to Steve. If I need somebody on my team to learn how to properly pitch and, and evaluate and facilitate a turnkey rental opportunity, maybe I'll send them to Jimmy, right? Like you got to be able to, to, to move people in the right way to get into where it is that you need them to go. And you got to get people out the door quick.
2: And I think if you address that from the beginning, look, I'm going to give you every resource, all the, all the training that you need, if I give you all of these things, we will both know if this is the right fit within a fir- in the first three months. And if it isn't, then, you know, it's it's not on me, it's not on you, it's just not the right fit. If you set the proper expectations, especially with recruited talent, I'm not going to allow you to live. You know, I heard someone say this, uh, it may have been Charles Barkley. I'm not paying you for what you used to do. I'm paying you for what you're doing right now, right? And I've given you all the resources. I need today performance, not past performance.
0: Okay. All right. The voting is open right now. Uh, currently in the lead That's is good, CJ, but course. Jimmy is right behind him. He's right behind him. He's on his tail. So we'll give a few minutes. Well, see. and then also, ahead, you know, I'm if you're sorry. new
3: to this hiring game, you got to set that other expectation that, hey, these first 90 days are a trial period, that you like us and we like you. And then we're definitely going to review this in 90 days.
4: Yeah, I think too, right? Like when I was a kid, and uh, they bring you into the principal's office, and then they're telling you each each week, like, "Hey, you did this," like it's on paper, right? And so then three months later, when they say, hey, "CJ, look, like we gotta we gotta put you out for a week at least, bro," right? Like, it's I'm not shocked at that point. Like I see, I got the paper going home for four weeks prior to that. Like I know I was messing up. So I think it's the accountability piece that means something as well.
1: It's one of the hardest yeah, things for most business owners easy, to though. do.
3: Yeah. Tough and then I love the new age, keeping people accountable. All you do is say, Hey, why are you here? What do you want? And then you write that down. And then you say, if they're not hitting it, you be like, Hey, remember when you told me you wanted this? Do you still want this? Like, you're not doing what you need to do to get there. Like, what can I do to help you? And then you're right, CJ, like four conversations like that, like the person will start looking. Right. No doubt. Like, you're not going to have to fire them. But I love holding yeah, people accountable like that. <laughs>
2: you don't have to fire if you set proper expectations they you talk them out of the job more often than they quit
1: yeah i'm not seeing a lot of questions here in 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 the in the chat so we still need a sixth question hopefully the audience is is paying attention here we
0: do have a sixth question um and we did have some questions submitted earlier in the chat so thank you for everybody who was submitting questions we do see those uh we potentially will use some of those questions on the next program as well so thank you for everybody who was submitting questions. Please continue to do so. Uh, we are waiting on the voting for this last question to announce a winner. Uh, and then we will continue. So, yeah, my fault if anybody had any other closing statements that they wanted to make. Sounds like we're good.
1: Well, I mean, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> just get rid of all of them.
0: All. Oh, there was a there hey, was listen. A, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Louisa, Now, listen, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, just call me LeBron of the game, man. That's all you got to
0: do.
2: Stop.
1: Talk to a big game for someone that's never played basketball. (laughs)
2: Never? (laughs) CJ, never played ball? Man,
1: I've been hooping, man. Steve's going to see
4: soon, man. It's all dubs (laughs) over here, man.
0: The Giving Flowers uh, commented and said, man, come on, why not say Baker Mayfield for the question? Instead of Russell Wilson, it's because we were discussing top-tier talent. Uh, yeah, that that's, gotta was- Baker, Mayfield, <laughs> that's gotta be Baker Mayfield. has
4: gotta be Baker Mayfield himself watching the program.
0: <laughs> we're
2: talking about former, former MVP. Right. Well,
0: right. Uh, it looks like CJ took that round. 40% of the votes went to CJ. So another point for Chris Jefferson. Sir, going into question number six. Are you ready for this last question?
4: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: All right. How would you spend 24 hours if you had a nine to five but were looking to eventually go full time into your own business? Time starts. Uh,
4: So, yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, So I never had a nine to five per se. I've had a three to midnight. And so I know for me, when I worked three to midnight, uh, my life revolved around real estate. I stopped going out. I stopped going on dates. I stopped hanging out with my friends. I sacrificed everything for what I said that I wanted. And so in the capacity of being able to do that, uh, I would go to sleep. As soon as I got off work, I'd get home, I'd go to sleep. I'd wake up six, seven o'clock in the morning. at the time, there was no YouTube videos, there was no free content all over i g free Facebook groups. I would get up and I would get on bigger pockets and I would learn. I would just read and I would learn. And I did that and did that until it was time to go implement. And then I would implement and I would be late for work every single day. I'd leave at two forty two every day so I could get to work at three zero five before I got a tardy on my on my my attendance sheet. Uh, to get to work. And I started doing deals when I got the F out the building. And uh, now I get to hang out with these guys all the time.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Let's go to uh, Jimmy. What do you? Think? I would just
3: accept like most jobs, like you got to work eight hours. You got still good. Another good four working hours. And so you just discipline yourself to work four hours and whatever your side hustle is. It's not that hard. And I know you could be like, oh, I got the wife and kids. Well, like kids, gen- my kids are like, uh 11 and under they go to bed at eight so you can still hop on and stay up till midnight and then just remember sleep a crutch like if you really want to do this like you just won't sleep and it's not that big a deal like you won't die so the short answer is just accept that you're going to work four hours a day like i was like cj i was in medical sales so i was in surgeries and i always would keep my hair really long so i could have wireless headphones in the hairnet, and I'd be listening to podcasts and audiobooks while I'm supposed to be paying attention to surgeries. But like, <laughs> like that's how bored I was in corporate and that's how how much I wanted it. So like, I mean, CJ, wouldn't you agree? Like, if you want it, it's so easy. Yeah, that's what
4: I'm saying. Like, for me, man, like I, I used to wake up crying. Like I, I wanted it that bad. And so when you really want something that bad and you mean it, you just go after it relentlessly and you're willing to sacrifice to get it.
3: But like, if you expect it to be like Fred Flintstone, like you hear the bell ring and you slide down the dinosaur and then you're just going to like play PlayStation the rest of the night,
0: like (laughs) won't happen. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Let's go over to Steve. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I would say if you're working at nine to five, you got two different times that you can work, right? Like you don't have to wake up at seven or seven thirty. You can wake up at five, four thirty or four. Right. That's an option. Uh, so, you know, the miracle morning is one of the best books, uh, I, I think for, you know, the morning habits. So waking up earlier, you got time there after work, right? After, when you're done at five, get to work, get, actually go prospect, go market, go do stuff. Uh, now one of the biggest things I see is when people are, are early parts is they're spending all this time learning, consuming content, right? And as a, as a content provider, creator, like this might sound crazy, but you should limit your learning to no more than 30 minutes a day. I think that there are times, right, where you're constantly learning, constantly preparing and this and that. You just got to go do. Go make a mess. But go Steve,
3: if I do that, I won't be able to do my my post where I read 100 books in a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you'll still get to write it. Like We learned from Jimmy earlier, you don't have to actually read it. You just write it. So anyway, you don't have to exactly. be constantly learning, right? Just half an hour a day at most, the rest of your time, going and applying, doing, executing what you're learning. because there's things that you think you ha- you know, and you go do it and you realize what you knew was completely wrong. And the only way to get better is to actually go execute.
0: Okay. Uh, Leon G. Barnes, bring us home.
2: We got to teach the, the format of this show to everyone. Again. <laughs> it's not back and forth until the end. Give me my 45 seconds back. So if I'm a nine to fiver and I hear I've I've got a lot of members of our community that started this way that are all grossly in a million dollars plus a year because they started out on their lunch hours making cold calls right after they got off on the way home. They made another 10, 15 calls on the way home while at night watching YouTube and all the free resources. To make me super dangerous that I become one of Steve's 100 millionaires. So the resources that are available today, there, there's a ton that are available to you. It's on you. I don't allow my kids to say the word can't for to it. the time available after those eight hours. One little side hack, though, I would tell you that if you're someone that's sitting on the couch eating Cheetos right now, I would look into being a, an Uber driver and drive for dollars while, uh, while I'm making money. It's a um, your real estate potential portfolio and or getting it into wholesaling because you're driving all day. You can be.
1: Let me add a lot of things here, right? Um, you don't need more than six hours of sleep. Maybe you don't need more than five hours of sleep while you're hustling and grinding, right? So today, I just fast I don't Need to eat more than once a day. Once a day, you don't need to eat as much as you think you need to eat. You don't need to sleep as much. as You need to sleep. If you really want it, right? The question is not about what you want. The question really is what price are you willing to pay to get what you want? So just think about that.
4: Shout out to the vegans. Um, <laughs> no, one thing, I, <laughs> one, one, one thing I'll say too, I think people have to understand this isn't a fitted in thing. Like real, real estate investing, like this is a sacrifice career in many, many ways. And every day. So when we have this 24 hours a day, work an eight hour shift. Hey, I got time with my family. Hey, I got time with my spouse. I got to watch Netflix. I got to do this. I got to do that. They're just trying to figure out how to fit it in, right? Hey, when can I fit some time in the cold call? When can I fit some time in the text? When can I fit some time in the drive for this? And the reality of it is at the end of the day, it's, it's something that you got to integrate fully into what you have. When you have systems the in place, that's how you really make it work. Yeah, I would say- And then
3: the other thing is, is like what adds fuel to your fire is active income. So- I looked at my corporate job is like, dude, this is paying for my, for my, you know, dream job. So I started working harder corporately because it was fueling what I was, all I was doing on the side. So whatever, sleep less. And then just, it's like Chris said, and Steve said, it's four hours a day. Like you can prioritize that. You can get.
1: I I thought this was great, right? There is nothing more expensive if you're trying to become an entrepreneur than a gaming system. more expensive than the gaming system, and the output right behind that, Netflix or whatever TV you're watching.
2: My favorite boss of all time. When I was in the corporate world, uh, when I would tell him that I didn't have time for something, his response was always time to you. So if, if real estate is important, you find the time, you make the time. If playing PlayStation is important to you, real estate is important. The time, lunch breaks, after lunch, after hours, after you put down your kids, you personally have talked to a millionaires that started hustling this way after their W-2 job was over and in between.
0: I think this question was a reminder of the program and its value truly. Uh, free game, everyone. Free game. If you are in the chat, this is free game. Um, we do have uh, a comment from the Giving Flowers. He said, "I do follow-ups from the Excavator every day." So he's putting it in motion. Yeah. Just kind of how you guys are speaking. It's an amazing question. Amazing hey, shout, out shout out to him. Yeah, man.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm told, sure it's uh,
3: fun. I'm sure it breaks up the day.
2: Like uh, when when this is another part of this as well. What uh, Weasel just said about listening to what the professionals are are telling you, Steve. Your camera's going a little crazy there. <laughs> I know it's rolling its eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's totally rolling <laughs> uh, listen to what the, the, the mentors and the, and the professionals tell you like i have a i have a good friend that CJ's working with i said no matter what just listen to what cj tells you to do just do what he says and you'll be successful get out of the way of your, get out of your own way just do what cj tells you.
0: you think about that cj
1: I think it's highly hey,
3: accurate. Hey, Steve, man. was your was your camera guy like doing a follow up or cold calling right there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's working was on your the camera job?
3: guy side hustling.
1: Uh, he might be side hustling. I have to talk to him.
4: <laughs> to Leon's point, real fast, it's funny. You know, I've had thousands and thousands of students, and here's what I've realized: it's it's a distinct separation between who has success and who doesn't. The ones that come in and take the information and then put the play in motion as it's as it's taught and presented have success. The ones who don't, they struggle to find out the fact that that's all that they need to do. And it's not just me. It's, it's, it's anybody credible that has a system that functions and works. All you like, That's how I've gotten to where I've gotten. That's how I got a two common club award. I bought a course. I followed exactly what it told me to do in the course, and it worked. Right. And so you have to get dedicated to a process to get a result. Too many people are creating multiple processes to try to get one desired result.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to that point, one challenge that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have is they'll consume the content, and then they got to add their own spin to it, right? Stop. <laughs> Stop adding your spin, right? Just master what you've been, what you've learned, and then after you've mastered it, then you can add your spin to it.
2: It's, it's no different in business and in sports. As a former assistant high school basketball coach, a kid would tell me, look, coach, I'm really good at this, but that's not what I asked you to do. I asked you to do this because I saw the opportunity for you to be better with this particular move, play, what have you. But that's that's how most people, human beings are in general, whether it's sports or business. I'm going to show you what I can do versus just follow the steps that are given to you for people that have proven uh, that it's they can be successful with that process. That's the key part, though. Follow people that have had success, not necessarily those
3: that uh, have not or
1: or they A week,
3: well, and then taking the time to post about it. It's one thing to read a book a week, and then it's another thing to be a fart sniffer posting (laughs) about it. Like, that's the absolute
0: (laughs) worst. Hashtag fart sniffers in the chat, please. Run it up. All your
3: like heavy readers, all your heavy readers in your audience right now are canceling us, Steve. (laughs) That's
1: right, they're probably associated with the the vegans.
3: We
2: there's, there's some new hashtags created uh the, the the most famous one is don't
0: be a richard you got at least two more from this <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> we got more t-shirts we can make now for sure for sure <laughs> Uh the voting closed with cj just edging steve on that one so the Ooh. champ this Ooh. week the champ with four points he missed the first round he puts you i on mean a honestly notice. cj
3: i'm new here like you created some value but not like
0: Minute, uh,
3: like, like, let's be honest. like what's he doing to rig the game hey,
4: hey jimmy jimmy first and foremost man i appreciate that welcome to the show all right uh number two you'll learn pretty soon i haven't met you before man. it's great to meet you but you'll learn pretty yeah, soon you. you'll learn pretty soon there's a couple new big dogs around bro that's what you figure out all right.
1: We'll figure it out, soon. We'll figure it out like soon. We all just got in the prison and he's just representing, just, just
0: puffing his chest over here. All,
4: man. Sometimes there's a new dog on the yard, man. You know, that's just how it
2: goes, man.
0: Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, for submitting your comments, submitting your questions for voting. I do want to take a second to let everybody sign off. Uh, let's start off with Steve Trang.
1: Yeah. I mean, thank you guys again uh, for coming, you know, supporting and, uh, you know, voting for CJ. Um We try to give as much value as possible. So, you know, and it's awesome that we actually got to have Jimmy here, previous uh, guest on uh, Real Estate Disruptors. I think he added some uh, interesting flavor as well. So it was awesome, make it a little bit spicier. Uh, But, yeah, you know, Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors. We're all passionate about helping you guys close more sales. And now that includes acquisitions and dispositions.
0: All right. Let's go over to clearly this week's fan favorite, Jimmy. Go ahead and sign off, man.
3: Oh, well. Guys, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. This was uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in that inflation type stuff and the wars and everything, check us out on cashflowtactics.com. We got all kinds of videos about that interesting topic.
0: There we go. Hopefully we get to see you soon again on the program. Uh, Leon G. Barnes, sign us off. Yeah,
2: I'm glad I get to follow Jimmy because I get to say thank you for being on this. Thank you for your service, my friend. Uh, A lot of people don't know that he's a former Army Ranger, uh, West Point grad, um, and uh, he's a personal friend. I knew he would crush it uh, on this show with us. And I can say that this is the most I've ever smiled and laughed on this show. While at the same time giving a lot of great value uh, from all perspectives, so I'm a, that's my kumbaya moment uh, for pardon and disruption. Had a great time this guy th- this week, guys.
0: Definitely, definitely. And the champ, this week's champ again, Chris Jefferson, and CJ, what? sign us off.
4: Yeah, Jimmy, I got to apologize to Jimmy first, I guess. I didn't know he was like a, a, a Terminator or something, man. So thank you for the <laughs> All right. I was just kidding, bro. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. All right. You're, um, you're
3: safe. I don't have time to go out to Virginia this week. <laughs> all right. There you go. There you go. There
4: you go. All right. Shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to the U fam. Shout out to everybody watching. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you like, share it. Tell somebody about it. Uh, Steve, Leon, it's always great to see you gentlemen as well.
0: Much well. love to everybody. Definitely. Thank you guys again for your contribution to the program. Uh, for anyone that is still in the audience, um, please check out the Partner the Disruption YouTube channel. You can rewatch each of these segments individually. Send them to a friend again. Send them to a colleague, a family member. We will see you next Thursday, 1130-ish a.m. Take care, everyone.